Hey everyone, this is Chris Vaught, and I'd like to welcome you all to the Pursuit Podcast, where our passion is to inspire and equip you with biblical truths as you pursue after the heart of God. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to begin a new series of messages with you we entitled The Stirring. Now, take your Bibles and let's go together to Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And as we get prepared for this message to begin the series, I want to remind you that the, the world the disciples were living in under the Roman influence, the Roman Empire, was a world of chaos, oppression, and fear. They were afraid. They were feeling the pressure, pressure from uh, the religious community or the Jewish community who did not accept Christ. Then they were feeling the persecution from the Romans. And their world was chaotic. And when we come to this passage today, they are locked in an upper room, praying, stirred for, for Jesus because he has resurrected. He has risen from the dead. They've seen him. And they were never going to be the same again because they're stirred for Christ, but they're yet living in a chaotic world. And as we open the study, we're going to see that as they prayed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and they prayed for the patience needed to follow the Lord's plan and His will and then prayed to be a witness for Christ that at the appointed moment, when the Holy Spirit came down upon these early believers, they were ready to go to the street, proclaim the name of Jesus, and see thousands come to faith in Christ. I think about us today, Christians around the world today. We live in a very chaotic world. And oh, how vital it is for us to pray daily to be filled with the Holy Spirit, patient to follow the Lord's plan, and ready to go be a witness for Christ. So grab your Bibles, let's go together into this message, and let me share one more exciting announcement for you. This coming Thursday night, we are going to uh, have a special edition to the podcast. Uh, sometime back, I had the privilege to interview one of the most influential men of God in my ministry. His name is Ben Merrill, and I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. Again, it's going to come out this coming uh, Thursday night at 6 o'clock on September the 9th, 2021. So mark it down. Put it down, uh, an alert inside your phone. Thursday night, September 9th, 6 p.m. Tune in to the podcast and listen to this interview with a, an incredible man of God. If there's ever a modern-day Apostle Paul, I believe his name is Ben Merrill. Tune in and listen to this podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bibles. Let's go now to this first message in the series, The Stirring. It's entitled, Empowered. So take your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, and when you come to Acts chapter 1, it actually, Acts chapter 1 and Luke chapter 24 run concurrently together. 
Luke is the author of both books. He's got two books in the Bible, in the New Testament. The Gospel of Luke is his first one. The second book is a book of Acts. He wrote it to a friend named Theophilus. Now, the cool thing about this is, is in Acts, or excuse me, in the Gospel of Luke, and he actually says this in verse 1 of Acts chapter 1. He says, O Theophilus, uh, you know what I have wrote to you about the former account of everything that Jesus did and taught. And so it's kind of the gospel is here is Luke watching and listening to what Jesus did and what he taught to the disciples and he wrote it down for the world to read. The second book, the book of Acts, is now a history book. In fact, it covers 30 years of church history. The first 30 years of the church history is your book of Acts. So when you read the book of Acts, you need to understand you can go from one verse to another verse and there can be days, weeks, months, even years pass in between verses. And so you got to do good study. You got to be very careful while you're reading it. Just for example, where I'm going with you today in the uh, first 14 verses, you're going, this is running concurrently with what he said in Luke chapter 24. And if you read Luke 24 and you read Acts 1, you can quickly say, oh wow, that all happened like in one day. But in fact, 40 days pass in this passage. These words from one sentence to the next happened over 40 days of time. It's absolutely amazing because Jesus, after he was resurrected, he appeared to the disciples. And here's the deal. When you read it in Luke, it just sounds like Jesus appeared. He taught them a little bit. And while he was teaching them, he rose up and ascended to heaven. But in actuality, when you go to Acts chapter one, you get more detail because it's history book. You got more detail and you find out that he actually appeared and taught for 40 days. And it's at the end of 40 days that he ascends to the right hand of the Father. And all of this is extremely important for us to gather and to understand. In fact, let's take our, your message notes, your Bible. Let's go together, Acts chapter 1, and let's break it down. We're going to begin reading at verse 3. So this is how Luke is describing it. After the suffering of Jesus, after his suffering, Jesus presented himself to them and watch this, underline this. He gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. So Jesus didn't just appear once and say, hey boys, look, I rose from the dead because surely somebody would have went out and said they've been drinking this morning already. Or in fact, they actually said that in the book of Acts chapter two, right? They thought on the day of Pentecost, they'd done, they done gotten into too much wine that morning. And he said, no, 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 it's not just a one time or it's not a hallucination or it's not just some uh, uh, ghost or paranormal activity taking place. No, 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 many convincing proofs. In fact, Paul would later write that at one time, just at one time over this 40 days, Jesus would appear to more than 500 people at one time that he was indeed risen from the dead. How many are thankful today you can serve a risen Jesus who is, there is testimonial proof that he did come out of that grave. He has proven himself over by many, uh, many convincing proofs that he's alive. He appeared to them over the course of a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, look at verse four, on one occasion. So he did this more than once. On one, on one occasion, he was eating. Don't miss that. If you quickly read it, you just don't think anything about it. We're talking about Jesus after the resurrection. He was doing what? Ghosts don't eat. 
Hallucinations don't eat. Jesus is eating with them and he gave them this command. While they're having supper, how many know Jesus loves it when Christians eat? That's one of the reasons why I love Jesus so much. Every two and a half hours, it's like me and Jesus going to go have a meal together. How many of you like to eat in the house? Yeah, all right, good stuff, good stuff. And while they're eating, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Somebody shouts a gift. For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now listen to the description. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus, as he's sitting at the meal with them, you got to capture the scene. He's sitting at the table with them. And Jesus says, hey guys, you remember how John baptized with water? And you know what they're all thinking? Yeah, down to River Jordan, people get in the water and they'd repent of their sin. And John would take them like what you saw last weekend. He'd take them down under the water. The word baptism is baptizo. It literally means to immerse completely under. And they dip them down in the water and come back up. They're soaking wet. Water's all over them. They're just covered up in the water. He says, in that same manner, the promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you here in just a few days, boys. The Holy Spirit's gonna come on you. And in the same manner, dipped all the way in, drenched all over you, just stirred up all over you. The Holy Spirit's gonna come. Look at verse six. Then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times. I love this. I love this. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And you remember how in the last couple of weeks we've been looking at passages where Jesus would teach them like about his death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah, and it never clicked. That's kind of happened in here for just a few moments. So the disciples, they're with Jesus. Jesus says, you're about to have the power of the Holy Spirit come on you. And the first thought they go back to is looking for a national Messiah. Instead of thinking about what he just said, instead of just concentrating on the fact that Jesus just said they're going to have the Holy Spirit, instead they immediately go thinking nationally, hey, is now when the Messiah is going to come? They're still hung up on needing a national Messiah to run the Romans out of town. So is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus says, I love this, I love this. It's not, a, it's not up to you. It's not your worry. That's not what you ought to be focused on is what he's saying. It's not for you to know the times that the father has set in his own authority. And watch Jesus. He's just like a loving heavenly father. My goodness. He just right there brings his children right back in. They get off track. He immediately gets them back in alignment. Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And in other words, I believe Jesus kind of paused right there and said, boys, I'm talking to you about the Holy Spirit. I ain't talking to you about the kingdom. I'm, talking about the Holy I'm not talking about restoring Israel. I'm talking to you about you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Quit getting off track. How many of you ever just want to look at somebody and say, quit getting distracted? Maybe you need to do that right now. Look at two people right now and tell them, listen to the sermon. Don't get distracted. Coffee comes afterwards. No, I'm joking. So Jesus says, come on back in, boys. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? 
Because you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, so this is at the end of the 40 days. After he said this, while they were watching, somebody shout, while they're watching, a cloud took him up out of their sight. Now, stop for a moment. How did this moment impact these disciples? Verse 14 gives us the answer. Look at verse 14. So what they did was between verses 12 or 11 and 14, here's what happened. They all go back to Jerusalem. They go into an upper room. Here's what the scripture says. They were all continually, say the next three words and circle them. Ready? Go. United in prayer. What were they doing? They were united in prayer. A group of people were united doing what? In prayer, along with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, here's, I want to stop there for a moment. I'm going to come back and pick up a little more in a minute. But here's what I want to challenge you with. And here's what I want to talk to you about today. Is that when you encounter the resurrected Christ, you cannot leave a presence of the Lord. You cannot leave meeting Jesus as your Savior and be unchanged. A stirring's going to take place. Now, here's what happens. A lot of times when we get stirred, we get distracted because of the emotion. And we're like, man, I am so fired up for Jesus right now. People are being saved and baptized. I got to go do something for the Lord. And I love, the fact, I love the fact that many people, when they get started for the Lord, they're ready to go do, because we need a lot more doers in the church. Say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, if you're not serving, you need to. We always need some doers, right? But the answer, the first step for you is not to, just to get up and to go do. Are you ready for this? Your first step is to pray. In fact, I want you to write that down in your message notes, because this is the whole theme of the sermon today. When you are stirred for Christ and you're ready to get out of your comfort zone and you're ready to do something great for God on the mission field, when you're ready to get active, when you're ready to get off the sidelines and into the game and you're ready to do something great for Jesus, I know you want to go, but before you go, stop and pray. And some of you, I know you're just ready to go say something. You're ready to go say, you're ready to go speak, you're ready to go tell. You want to tell everyone. You get to church, you're like, man, I just met Jesus. And whether you're texting it on your phone, you're putting it on social media, you're out there calling your neighbors, and I want you to do that. You need to never not do that. You need to always be ready to give the reason for the hope you have. But I do want to say this, that even before you say the first word, when you're stirred up for the Lord, you need to always pray. And I know that doesn't sound very exciting for some of you, but if you will follow me for the next few moments, I'm going to share three areas in which we need to pray to be empowered by the Lord in. And I'm telling you, it will fire you up and it will stir you on the inside. When you know that you know that the Holy Spirit of God is taken over and going to go before you and prepare a way, then when you go and then when you say, man, there's power behind it because you know God is in it, Okay. So how many of you want to know today three ways that we need to pray? Here we go. You ready? And the first area that you and I need to pray is we need to pray to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to pray to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of him some like, so, so weak. I want to tell you, the word power wouldn't be tied to the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit some weak mystical force. 
When you think of the Holy Spirit in the life of someone who has stirred up for Jesus Christ, I want you to think about power, anointing, presence. And it depends on where you come from that the Holy Spirit's either some kind of mystical, indecent, uh, a distant force or, or the Holy Spirit uh, gets weird. I'm talking extremisms. And I've been in both extremes. But the truth of the matter is, he is beautiful and he is powerful. He is personal. He is real. And, and, and when you allow him to take over, everything he does brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And he will stir you. So look with me now, uh, back up there at verses uh, four and five. He says to them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait until you are gifted with the gift of my father that he's promised you. For John baptized you with water, but you're gonna be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus gives them this word, the disciples immediately, watch this, this is so cool. They immediately go to the upper room to pray. Now they're praying individually, but they're also praying corporately. And they're praying to be endued with power on the Holy, in the Holy Spirit. I had you circle and say a moment ago, united in prayer. They were united in prayer. That prayer meeting took 10 days before the Spirit came on Pentecost. They were in the upper room for 10 days praying to be endued with power from on high. How many of you know we need to pray individually, but we also need to pray corporately? And there's something powerful that happens when we gather to pray. When we have a night of prayer in this church, you need to come because something powerful happens. You need to always pray. And I know you can say, oh, I can pray individually. Yes, you can. But something miraculous happens when we pray as a group. It was as a group when the church was praying in Acts chapter 13 that the Holy Spirit began to move through the crowd and he chose Paul and Barnabas and he brought them out and he sent them out to be missionaries. You don't know what the next calling of God may be on your life, but it may happen while we're in a prayer service or a worship service like this and the Holy Spirit of God is gonna take this environment and speak into your life. There's power when we come together and pray. And we're praying for the, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, here's what I was thinking about when I was working on this this week. What do you think the disciples were thinking about at this point? Empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you go read John's gospel, chapters 14, 15, and 16, he taught a lot about the Holy Spirit in that moment. And let me just share some of the things he taught in those three chapters. Jesus taught that the Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit's a he. He's a person. He has a personality. He is God's spirit. And, and I know this is kind of deep and it's kind of hard to understand, but we understand God in the triune form, that one God who reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he's as co-equal with God the Father as he is with go, uh, God the Son. And so when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, don't talk about an it or a feeling or an emotion. No, it's a person. It's the Lord, it's the spirit of God moving upon us. Jesus said, he will be your comforter. He will be your counselor. How many know we all need some comfort in the crazy world we live in? We all need a little good counsel every once in a while in the world we live in. Can I get a witness? Guess who Jesus said will be your comforter and be your counselor? The Holy Spirit. Why wouldn't we pray to be empowered by him? We need his presence to guide us and to lead us. 
The scripture says that he's the one who opens our understanding to the scriptures. It's the Holy Spirit of God who opens our understanding. So when we're reading the Bible, we need to pray for the Holy Spirit to open our understanding. The Bible says he will be our guide. He'll be our teacher. He will lead us in the way of righteousness. He will gift us with gifts for the ministry. He seals us in the adoption. How many are thankful today that our salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone? How do we know that we're saved? Because we're not perfect. No one in this room is perfect. No one watching online is perfect. How do we have that assurance? It's not by our works. It's by the sealing work of the Holy Spirit over us. We're adopted into the family of God. Also, he comes in to sanctify us. Now, this is good. He remains with us forever. How many know the Holy Spirit, when he moves in, when you become a Christian, he remains with you forever? And this is so awesome because some of you are going to squirm for a moment because you're going to learn something today. And here's the deal. When you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit of God moves in, he never leaves. He moves in. He seals you to the day of redemption. He doesn't leave. And he will not live in a dirty house. And you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when you become a Christian, all of a sudden, this happens to all of us, all of us, you drift off into any sin, willfully or unwillfully. You drift off into a sin, all of a sudden, you get stirred up for the negative reason on the inside. It just felt dirty. You felt convicted. You felt guilty. You struggle with that. That's when you ought to get on your knees and thank God the Holy Spirit's living inside you. Because when we let the dirt of sin move in, the Holy Spirit's in there with his broom and he just keeps sweeping that old junk out until we confess it and repent of it and get it out of us because he won't abide in there and let sin abide. You cannot get away with sin if you're a Christian. It will eat at you until you get on your knees in repentance or you go run and be miserable. I want to tell you the most miserable people on this planet are not those who are without Christ. Sin is pleasurable at times. Can we just be honest today? Y'all all have experience with that. Amen. I'll tell you what's miserable. What's miserable is when you're a believer and the Holy Spirit of God's inside of you and you're allowing sin to stay in your life that you won't confess and won't repent of. It eats at you and eats at you and eats at you. God takes you to a Holy Ghost woodshed and wears you out. It eats at you and it eats at you and it eats at you until you finally repent of it. The most miserable person's a Christian out of fellowship with God. And you know what? That's also one of the ways you know that you're saved. If you can sin and not get away with it, you can come into church and raise your hand and say, thank God I'm saved by grace because <laughs> God won't let me get by with nothing. Amen. How many ever, gets ca ever got caught every time you did something wrong? Every time I did something wrong, I got caught. Go to the bootlegger, crawl in the bedroom, window at 14, at 14 years old, get caught. And we had the best dummies lined up in our bed, covered up and everything. I don't know how we got caught. And I remember my mama told me one time, she said, son, I gave you to the Lord when you was a baby. You're never going to get by with sin. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And I never did, man. I never got by with nothing. I'm telling you, if you belong to the Lord, you're not going to get by with nothing. The Holy Spirit's going to move in. Amen. How many are thankful today the Holy Spirit will guide you, counsel you, lead you, and even keep you clean? All right. So Jesus says, you're going to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes we get confused with terminology. 
And you've probably, if you've been in church, you've heard terms like baptized by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. And sometimes those get interchanged and can get really confusing. So let me just help clarify that. Uh, Billy Graham made this statement uh, famous one time, and I'm just going to use it. It's, it's on your message notes. Write this down. Here's what you need to understand. There is one baptism by the Spirit, and there are many fillings. There's one baptism of the Spirit and many, many fillings. And sometimes when we're talking about being filled and led by the Holy Spirit, what we're, we'll use the word baptism, but baptism of the Spirit actually happens at the moment of your salvation because you cannot be born again apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, we are all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we're all given one spirit to drink. That is, when we come to faith in Christ, we all come to Jesus and it's the Holy Spirit that regenerates us and gives us the new birth. But Ephesians chapter five says, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Let me tell you what God's will is for you. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Everybody shout, filled with the Spirit. Circle the word filled there because in the tense of the Greek, that is a continual filling. It means we ought to come back to the Lord every day, fresh and anew, and say, God, fill me up all over again today. And let me explain to you why. The word baptism means to be immersed. The word baptism is to get dipped all the way under. Listen, when you become a Christian, you don't get half wet. You don't get half saved. If you only get half saved, you're not saved at all. Romans chapter eight, this isn't on your message notes. You can write it down or just listen to me. Says you, uh, says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if the spirit of God lives in you. And anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. When you received Christ, you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You instead received the spirit of adoption. Now you cry, Abba, Father, you've been adopted into the family of God by the spirit of God. So you don't, you don't get like half of the spirit because if you did, you only got half saved. And that, that's just weird. You come to Christ, you get saved. You get immersed by the Spirit of God. Now, here's what Ephesians 1 says. Just listen to it. Verse 13. In him, in Christ, you are also sealed. Say the word sealed. With the promised Holy Spirit. When? When you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. So when does the Holy Spirit of God immerse you into the family of God? When you hear the gospel and you believe the gospel for yourself. When you make the choice to believe the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the down payment. I love it. It's so good. He's the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession. In other words, he stays on you and in you until we get taken up. And then listen to what 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says. Then the Holy Spirit manifests a gift and he gives a different gift to every believer. Every one of you have a gift of the Holy Spirit in you and it may be dormant right now. You may not have an idea, not a clue of how the Holy Spirit wants to use you. That's why this message is so important for you to listen to. Why did Jesus say to these disciples, I want you to wait until you're endued with power, power, 
power in the Holy Spirit. And so they went and prayed. And what were they praying for? To be endued with power from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that seals our salvation. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us our sweet assurance. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to run away from sin or be convicted when we do to get back right with God. It's the precious Holy Spirit that gives us the gifts that we need to do the work God's called us to do. Last week I shared with you, when you're stirred for Christ, you will come out of your comfort and onto your mission. Well, what are you gonna use in your mission? How are you gonna be empowered to do what God's called you to do? You need to pray now. Are you stirred up for Jesus? Then now come and pray. Come and pray to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Pray to be filled up over. The Holy Spirit's already come. We're not waiting for another Pentecost. Pentecost has happened. The Spirit is here. Now let's pray to be filled up over and again, empowered by the Spirit so that we can use the giftsness. So what does it mean then to be filled with the Spirit? Write this down. Here's a great definition. It is to be under the Spirit's influence or control. And you can be a Christian and not be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He can be in you, but not have all of you. And here's a great question. I'm not asking you if you're saved. I hope you are. And if you are, I'm not going to ask you if you have the Holy Spirit, because if you're saved, you do. But here's my question. For those of you who are followers of Jesus and you're stirred up this morning for Christ, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? I'm not asking you if you have the Spirit. I'm asking you if you've let the Spirit have all of you. Because it's in a place of surrender and yielding to the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit can do in you and through you more than you ever dreamed. Number two, we need to pray to have patience. To be empowered with patience. Now, I, I almost chuckled myself when I was reading my own notes this morning. Because here's what I knew. I knew the moment I said that when someone in the crowd or someone watching online was going to say, maybe quietly inside your own head, but you're going to say, I'm never praying for patience. How many of you have ever been taught by an elder saint, don't ever pray for patience? I've had so many people in this church come up to me and say, pastor, there's one thing I'll never pray for. I'll never pray for patience. And I want to look at you and say, well, that's wrong. And I don't know who told you that, but that's wrong. You better pray for patience. You know why? I've heard people, and this is, what, this is what people said to me. If I pray for patience, I'll go through a struggle or a trouble or a trial because that's how you get patience. Look at me. You're going to have troubles and trials whether you got patience or not. But you'll look more like Jesus if you got some patience when you do. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I pray for patience every time I get in traffic. Mm, that old German-Cuban mix inside me starts rising up. And I'm sanctified, but there's some areas that still needs a little work. Say amen. Amen. Yeah, I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit every time I get behind some of you and I'm saying, touch the other paddle, the other one, long, skinny, vertical one. Yeah. 
And you have to show me grace if I'm tailgating. <laughs> All right, so let me move on. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Here's where they got off track. Remember this? And they said, immediately says, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And immediately they come back with, are you going to restore Israel at this time? They go right back to wanting that national Messiah. Jesus just said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to convict you. He's going to reprove you. He's going to teach you. He's going to empower. He's going to gift you. Are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? And can I say this? This is not a political statement at all. But over the last year and a half, I've seen American Christianity do exactly what these disciples did. The whole world's crazy right now. It's chaotic. Nobody knows what in the world's going on. And instead of saying, God, I need, we, need to be in feel, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so we can live like Jesus in this moment, Instead, we looked at everything and going, okay, how's this fit in the end? Who's the Antichrist? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And we got so caught up, just like they did, that I fear in many areas we weren't effective witnesses for Christ. And that's one of the reasons why here in this church we didn't get political through the whole season. And I kept preaching sermons on just go out and be like Jesus right now. All right? Because that's so important for us to do. Watch this. So when they came together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? He said, it's not for you to know. In other words, God's ways aren't your ways. And even when God doesn't uh, make sense to you in the moment, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can keep trudging through and stay on mission. Because how many know that Isaiah 55 says, God's ways aren't our ways, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. How many know that sometimes as a believer, you're not going to understand what God is doing? And how many know you don't always have to understand? Look at your neighbor and tell them, Jesus said for me to tell you. I'm, I, it's right here in the Bible. Jesus told me to tell you. Well, the Bible told me to tell you. Maybe I should say it. The preacher told me to tell you. Does that make y'all feel better? You don't have to understand everything on God's timetable. Amen. You know what patience requires? Write this down. Trust and self-control. Patience requires trust and self-control. And even when God doesn't make sense to you, you you're patient and you trust him. Amen? Right. And can I tell you that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, here's what we read. That, that fruits of the Spirit, proof that you are filled with the Spirit. Two of the fruits of the Spirit is patience and self-control. So when everything around you goes crazy, that's when the fruit of the Spirit needs to come alive in you. And the only way that can come alive in you is if we're praying to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, giving ourselves over to him daily to be filled with the Spirit and praying to be empowered with some patience. Amen? Number three, we need to pray to be empowered as effective witnesses for Christ. When the, when the disciples got off track, and they wanted to figure out God's timetable again. Jesus says, no, 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 that's not for you. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't worry about that. It'll all happen just the way God, how many believe God's sovereign enough to let everything work out just like it's supposed to in the end? 
Well, I didn't get much amen right there, only the front rows. I didn't hear anybody in the back. Y'all gonna have to talk louder. How many believe that God's gonna work everything out in the end just like he wants to? So, so while, while, the, while it's all going, here's what we're to do. We're to pray to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, have patience that God's gonna work it all out, and then be a witness for Jesus in the meantime. So here's what happens. Look at verse seven and eight. Immediately after he says, you don't need to worry about the timetable, Jesus comes back to them and Jesus says that you will be endued with power. Verse eight, but you will be endued with power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my circlet, say it, shout it, witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost ends of the earth. So here it all comes back to this. Why did Jesus tell them to go pray? To be endued with? Oh, I wish I had some men who could say power manly in the church right now. Come on, men. To receive some? Oh, that's good. All of you women, y'all think y'all can do that just as good as those men? I know you can. Come on, let me hear you. That's pretty good. Now let's just all do it together. Then it would really sound like church. All right, come on. You see, power to do what? To try to figure out God's timetable? Is that why we're filled with the Spirit? No. The whole reason Jesus came and preached for 40 days is to bring the disciples to this point after the resurrection. You need the power of the Holy Spirit so that while you wait on God's timetable, you will be my witnesses. Amen? Amen. And that's exactly what happened. Acts chapter 2, you know the story. Pentecost comes after, the, after 10 days of being in that prayer meeting. The disciples are at Pentecost. It's a day when Jews would come back to Jerusalem from any country that they were in. And Acts chapter 2 gives a list of all these countries that Jews came from. And the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in that moment when, they, when the church was birthed. They began to speak with tongues that they didn't even know. But it wasn't gibberish. And it wasn't just for, for a, a, a sign to the disciples. It wasn't for them at all. The Holy Spirit came over them and started anointing them. And the men who were locked up in an upper room for fear ran out into the streets, out in the open. The world hadn't changed, but they changed. And the Spirit gave them the courage and the boldness and the burden to go to the where the people were that were without Christ. And they got out of the upper room. They quit living like in a monastery. And they got out to where the people were. And they started preaching the gospel. And they preached in languages they never even learned before. They'd never been taught. And here's what the Bible says. When this sound occurred, a crowd came and gathered and they were confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed saying, look, aren't these Galileans? In other words, we know these boys didn't go to language school. How is it that each of them can hear us? We can hear them in our native tongue and we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God. What were they doing? They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. God could have done anything that day, folks. Don't, don't, don't miss the forest because of the trees. He could have used any kind of gift. He used tongues that day. Why? 
because there were Jews from other countries who spoke multiple languages in the streets. Don't get caught up on the tongues because the Lord can use any gift he wants to use. You get caught up on the purpose. And what was the purpose? People from all those countries that day heard the gospel in their own language. They were saved. 3,000 people were saved that day and baptized and went back to their home countries. And you know what happened that day? The message of the gospel went from Jerusalem to 18 other countries in one day. How many know God can do whatever God chooses to do to get the gospel to more people? If you're thankful somebody got the gospel to you and you heard the gospel, I dare you to take three seconds and give God a thank you for my salvation kind of praise up in this house. Amen. Here's your big takeaway. If you're stirred for Jesus this morning, and I pray you are, it's time to get out of your comfort zone. It's time to get into the mission. And the first step for all of us to take is to go into an attitude of prayer and to pray to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Pray to be empowered with patience, not to get distracted, to trust God's timetable so that we can pray to be effective witnesses for Jesus. Here's your big takeaway. God can do more in you and through you if you will seek him and surrender to his authority in your life than you've ever dreamed. These disciples that day never, they didn't know how the Holy Spirit was going to use them. They didn't know how they were going to change. They were in an upper room for fear. They didn't want to get crucified like Jesus. They're hiding in a prayer meeting. But I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit came over their hearts, they got bold. They got brave. And they went out and God used them in ways they never were trained in. And you know what they saw? people getting saved kind of like you all did last week see what you don't know is about everything we had technologically went haywire last weekend and the pastor's out of town and things went crazy but you know what happened inside here and online people were stirred up for Jesus people were being saved lives were being changed I'm telling you God can do in you and through you more than you ever dreamed if you just surrender and seek his face. Amen. Here's how Acts chapter 1, verse 10 and 11 come, brings this whole moment to a powerful climax here before they go to their prayer meeting. So the Bible says, when Jesus said, You'll be my witnesses, while he said that, the Bible says he began to lift up and to ascend to heaven. Verse 10 says, And the men stood there watching Jesus as he ascended into heaven. And while they were standing there gazing up into heaven, two men in white clothing stood with them. I'm telling you, that'd scare you in a moment. You know what I'm saying? You're looking up, all of a sudden two dudes standing right here beside you. And the, the angel said, why are you men looking up into heaven? Why are you standing here looking up? That same Jesus who went up, he'll come back just like this. Just like he went up, he's coming back. Why do you think that happened? Because when you get stirred up and you're caught up in awe and amazement with Jesus, it's so easy to live out your Christian life like this. 
And when you got your head up all the time, here's what you lose. You lose sight of the men, women, boys, and girls all the way around you and all the ministry opportunities around you. The angels wanted them to get their heads from looking up to get to looking around. Because the Jesus who went up, one day is coming back. How many of you would agree Jesus is coming back? Amen? How many agree we don't know when, but he's coming? We don't need to know when. We need to be out here. And I pray this would be what God would do at CPC. We'll be a church out here being a witness for Jesus until he comes. Would you pray that with me this morning? Heads bowed all over the room, no one looking around, watching at home. Won't you pray with us as well online? Let's pray that simple prayer. Father, it's in Jesus' name today that we pray to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, that God, as you stir us up and we wanna be used by you, that God, now you'll fill us over and abundantly by the Holy Spirit. Give us the power to go forward. Give us the power to stand courageously for you. Anoint us in ways, God, that we've never even dreamed. Open doors, God, that we can never open ourselves. Close the ones that need to be closed. God, we pray you put us in the right moments, in the right conversations with the right people. God, give us a moment, give us a stirring when we need to speak and when we need to be quiet and just listen. God, give us a moment, the stirring to know when we need to act, when we need to stand still. God, let us be a, a people, your people, who will trust you even when it doesn't make sense and have a burden to go get the gospel to more people that you may save more souls and change more lives and bring your glory upon the earth. God, we pray it now in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said. Heads still bowed though for just a moment longer. If you're in this room or watching online, you've never given your heart to Jesus, aren't you ready to come to Jesus, the resurrected Lord? Aren't you ready to say yes to Jesus? Man, I'm telling you, there's no better day than today to say yes to Jesus. We've all been praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Aren't you ready to come into the family of God? If you are right here, right now, heads bowed, no one's looking around, I wanna ask you to pray this simple prayer with me. Would you pray it right now and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I put my trust in you. I believe you are the Son of God that died and rose again. And I believe you love me and you know me. I ask you to come into my heart right now, forgive my sin. From this day forward, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. Now fill me with your spirit and let me be a witness for your name. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said. Thank you for joining us today for the Pursuit Podcast. For more content, to read our blog, watch past sermons, or find other great resources, check us out at chrisvaught.net and then check us out on social media. Then tune in again next week and we will open our Bibles and together pursue after the heart of God. Thank you again for joining us at The Pursuit.